Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. hungry for adventure do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns don't bother rolling perception pal we've got you covered behold dungeons and doritos nerdy shows epic tabletop audio drama a cinematic serial of mayhem filled morally questionable quests at dungeonsanddoritos.com The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here, and we are back, back, back again with another episode of Flame On for that lovely mouthfeel in your eardrums. Oh, if you could, if you could see the face that BJ is making, you would love it as much as I do, because we all know podcasting is a visual medium. <laughs> I've been I've been listening to stuff lately, and like there have been things where they've described like. A, re- a reaction that they've made or whatever. And then I think it was Ask Me Another and either Ophira or Jonathan Colton said, uh, because we all know that radio is a visual medium. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they're talking like us now. <laughs> We've brought them down to our lowbrow level of, you know, subpar NPR podcasting. But I am Pat DeBear. I'm here joined by my fellow Flame On colleagues, over on the East Coast, we've got BJ. Hello. We have got Eric. Howdy. And joining us from the sunshiny West Coast in Seattle, where I'm sure it is beaming sunshine. Uh, Brian is sitting over there, given the look that it's probably not that that, that sunshiny over there, is it? Oh, actually, it's beautiful. Most, oh, uh, sweet. Let me just tell you, the thing that people don't know about Seattle is it is actually the most beautiful, sunny area uh in the country i feel like other than you know maybe florida and san diego or whatever i don't know but only for about three or four months and then after that all bets are off but right now we're in the golden golden age it is beautiful 
It is the most beautiful place if you discount all of these other places exactly. first. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he just totally did. Is it like Queerty? I think a couple like years ago put out a list and it was like the top 10 gayest places, not including New York, Chicago, <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> like, these are the gayest cities ever. If you don't count the actual gayest cities, yours might be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Orlando made that list. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah. But we are coming to you to do our monthly roundup. We are here to talk about the things in pop culture that we have enjoyed. And I think we all have extremely topical bits of pop culture to share with you. This is, I think, a first, or at least a first in a long while, because there's usually somebody that's got something that's been out for a little bit. But I think everything we're going to talk about came out this month. Oh, wow. And in fact, some of it in the one-ups may have come out just like a day or so ago. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be some really current pop culture. And I live. So <laughs> let's get this ball rolling. We are going to throw it over to the man who now has a... It looks like he's just in a professional recording studio now. And I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I just love the fact that when I left Orlando, I was like... I'm going to leave behind this equipment. That way the boys can get together and they can record and they'll have all of the professional equipment that we've been building for years. And then COVID has hit and um, it's all just sitting collecting dust at Josh's house. And Josh hasn't been on an episode in forever. So (laughs) I'm like, can I get my equipment back? I don't know what I would do with four extra microphones, but I'll sit here and make my own like barbershop quartet by myself with four different microphones. But Eric has busted out his new equipment and uh, sounds lovely on the podcast. Just want to give you a little little bit of props there. I love you coming out nice and crisp and clear, Eric. So why don't you speak into this lovely new mic with the pop filter? He pops six squish, uh-uh, Cicero Lipschitz's his pop filter. And he's <laughs> well, going to well, tell us, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> he, he's going to tell us our first topic. what is our first topic eric well the first topic is the mitchells versus the machines which debuted on netflix on april 30th and this is a sony pictures animated film by the production partners of phil lord and christopher miller who previously did uh the two cloudy with a chance of meatballs movies and spider-man into the spider-verse and was also written by uh, Mike Rianda and Jeff Rowe, who were writers on Gravity Falls. Oh, wow. Yay. Holy crap. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's quite a pedigree that came together to make this movie, um, which is about a quirky filmmaker girl graduating high school and wants to go to film school in California. And her technophobic father, Rick, who just wants the family to basically live off the grid, off their devices, um, and stay in rural Michigan. And it's them through a zany adventure with robots taking over the world that they come to appreciate each other's interests. So now let me ask is uh so you said her dad is uh, a technophobe um is he a geriatric millennial 
and he is trying to run away from technology. <laughs> you talk I'm, about me like that. I'm in this picture, and I do not like it. <laughs> I so trust me. I was very upset. I I I was off of Twitter all day while I was at work, and then I came home to geriatric millennial, and I said, "What the fuck is going on? I want off this ride." Because I feel like with the movie coming out now, that would be about the age range that this dad should be in. All right. I mean, let's see here. If she's 18, her parents had her when she's 20. She, they'd be 38, 39. Right I in that geriatric millennial sweet spot. Yeah. Oh, bitch. Because like. <laughs> I think it's what they, they said. Like, what, 80 80 to 85, 80. I think. Oh, yeah. First of all, I would like it to be known that 79 to like 82, we have been taken into a subcategory called the Oregon Trail generation. And that's where I sit. I do not sit as an elder millennial. I do not sit as a geriatric millennial. Put me on a goddamn covered wagon, a Conestoga wagon, and let me fucking ford a river and die of dysentery in peace. I will sit atop my Apple IIe computer that they had on that cart in uh, grade school. Oof. Yes, Oof. Yeah. I don't listen. like this. Talk about the damn movie. Stop coming for me. I went to I, I listen, I I grew up in a poor I grew up in a in a in a you know not in a well-to-do family in a not well-to-do neighborhood, but we were right next to the well-to-do neighborhood, and that's where my parents sent me to school. So we had a computer lab and they had some Apple IIe set out, but we still ran like motherfuckers because there was only a couple of copies of Oregon Trail. And you had to get there quick <laughs> to get your copy. I'm just saying. I know it was, it's really, really white kid first world problems at that point. <laughs> anyway, so enough from this geriatric millennial. <laughs> let's, let's get back to Mitchell's versus the machines. <laughs> so the night before um, Katie, who's the daughter, is set to fly off to film school and leave her family behind to be with her people, as she puts it. Um, her father ends up breaking her laptop and they get in a huge fight. And so to kind of, quote unquote, make it up to her and save their familiar relationships, he cancels her flight and decides to drive the family cross country. Um, I love that. That's such a like, that's such like a weird parenty thing to do too. Like, I, I'm going to make you super upset, so now I'm going to lock you in a car with me, so you have no choice but to give the, give me the attention that I so rightly deserve. Like, like no, I don't want to look at your stupid face. Like, what? It's, it, was, it was just such a moment where I'm just like, what, like, why is he making it worse? He's just making it so much worse. You're making it worse. <laughs> I mean, one of that's how... put gold dust in my fencing mask. <laughs> I mean, in that's case how. I'm not sure where that came from. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's how uh, my parents got me to college a 1200 mile road trip in the minivan. Uh, but did they break your laptop beforehand? <laughs> well, this was 99, and I did not have a laptop. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Nor a personal computer of my own. 
I was going to say, did they have a really long telephone cable to be able to uh, get internet on the road as you were driving, but use dial up the dial up modem for it? It would have been the equivalent of him stomping on my uh, classic Game Boy. Probably. Ah! That did not happen. Uh, I think it'd take a, a licking, though. So it'd be, <laughs> that'd be a very intentional breakage. Yes. yes. But along the trip, uh, they stop at a roadside dinosaur themed rest stop uh, because her kid brother is obsessed with dinosaurs. And while there, the robots try to take over the world and they escape, not before capturing slash adopting a couple of uh, defective robots named Eric and Deborahbot 5000. <laughs> and through their hijinks, they, they end up winning and taking back the world from the robots for the people. I don't want to spoil too many things. <laughs> I was going to say spoil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil too many things. Here's the end. <laughs> It ends on the end. Spoiled for you. Thanks. <laughs> um, but there's there's a great voice cast, um, including the dad is played by Danny McBride. The mom is played by Maya Rudolph. Um, there is a quote unquote perfect couple next door where the parents are played by Chrissy Teigen and um, uh, John Legend. Um <laughs> <laughs> The evil Siri device that's trying to take over the world is played by Olivia Coleman. Yep. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty star-studded voice cast. And um, it's just... The animation's just very fun. Um, there's plenty of times during the action where they'll freeze frame and it looks like they're putting Instagram filters all over what's happening. Um it, you know, it's reminiscent of uh, what they did with Scott Pilgrim and Into the Spider-Verse, where, like, um, where Miles, like, throws a bagel at somebody, and when it hits him in the head, the word bagel, like, pops up. <laughs> or uh, or uh, Scott Pilgrim, like, every time he gets punched or something, there's, like, little lightning bolts around his head. It it, it definitely... And also, there's, like, a, a moment where there's, like, a little cartoon Katie in the corner screaming, uh, that, which reminds me of... Um, oh, my God. What was that movie? Um not movie. It was a Disney Channel show. Um, said Hannah Montana. That is a Disney TV show. Yeah, <laughs> and was a movie. But uh, but no, but Lizzie McGuire was also both of those things. It was so. Lizzie McGuire. That's what I was okay. thinking of. Yeah, oh. with, the, with the little with the little cartoon Lizzie like running around making commentary and stuff like that. But it's it it has a lot of that in there, which I. Which visually you would think would be busy, but it actually makes me want to rewatch it more. Makes sense because you miss, you know, your your attention is drawn to one place, so you kind of want to go back and and see what you did not catch. Yeah, the, the time before. I haven't seen this yet, but I've heard so many good things about it that I'm I'm like I actually want to. It makes me want to go and watch it. There's, and most people know that I don't usually watch a lot of movies um, because I'm too busy binging 40 seasons of Survivor to uh, make time for something <laughs> that's going to keep me there for two hours. But I I actually do want to see this movie because I've heard so many good things about it. It just makes you happy, although a little weepy at the end. But yeah, mostly happy. Um, and shout out to their dog, Manchi, who is this 
pug-like blob with eyes that point two different directions, who is actually voiced by Doug the Pug. (laughs) I love Manji so (laughs) fucking much. It's it's just he's just this visual gag that like you like you forget he like I was I was watching it like the first ten minutes of the movie like. He pops up a couple times, but then when he's not there in like other scenes, you completely forget about him. Then one of the family members is just like, oh, hey, Manchi, and just like picks him up. And he's just there making gurgle noises. And I'm like, it's everything. Yeah, like during the first part of the road trip, uh, the kids try to entertain themselves by trying to uh, come up with how many different ways they can trick their dad into kissing the dog. It's just fun and heartfelt and really well made. So sweet. So if you were to uh, flame rate it, what would you give uh, Mitchell's versus the machines? I'd give it 4.25 flames. Nice. Mm -hmm. BJ, you've seen, you've seen part of it. So, so far in what you've seen so far, what would you, uh, do you have any other things that you want to throw in as far as uh, reviewing? I know you know you said you watched about half of it before we got onto this uh, this recording because you have your own topics, but you wanted to try to to chime yeah. in. I yeah, haven't. I I, mean, I've been sleeping a lot, so I haven't been. <laughs> I'm not working. I'm asleep, so I haven't gotten a chance. It's you know it's it's. I don't think I've seen. I, I will say Sony Anim- Animation Studios has been kind of knocking it out of the park because Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was just a kind of a fun, irreverent film. Um, but Into the Spider-Verse and this and uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines have a very like strong familial element to them. Um, and they also have that kind of like finding your tribe, finding where you belong sort of feel, which is which is very much not something like Disney films have kind of their own messages, which are very direct. But this one has kind of the with the Sony films, they have kind of a universal, more universal uh, feel because uh, that the like the the moment Katie kind of starts chatting with people online that she's going to go to school with is like such a cute little like like it's something that everybody does when they when they kind of get accepted in the school. Like I, there was like a God, there was a message board. Uh, if anybody remembers those when I went to school and you got to like chat with people that had similar interests and everything. And that was just such a really like pure heartwarming moment, especially in this kind of garbage pail of a, a year and a half we've all had. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, it's kind of, it feels like the perfect palate cleanser for a lot of what's been going on. Uh, so definitely if, if you're a father and you feel like, you know, forcing your children to do something, this is definitely the film uh, you should probably do that with, uh, but I'll I'll give it a four point two five uh, out of out of five. That's your four point two five is your midway rating. We can always come <laughs> back and see if you uh, adjust up or down or or stay at that four point two five after you. And honestly, it can rate. only go up from here. So <laughs> sweet, uh, Brian. Any input on uh, Mitchell's versus the machines? I've seen it go by and be recommended to me, and I thought, oh, that looks cute. Maybe later. But now that I know Gravity Falls people are involved, uh, it has got my attention 
much yeah, also your endorsements of course uh yes all of that as as soon as he said that i was i was looking directly at your face <laughs> on the screen and be like now he hears it now there's color in the picture all of a sudden i knew why i said it like i had i had a, it's like fishing and i hooked him you, you totally know me you know you know date uh but no uh we were talking about all the dad dad porn that i guess has been generated by this series. so much like that's um i mean why am i shocked i shouldn't be but like you know <laughs> I, yeah I, i'm interested definitely interested sweet <laughs> so that is uh mitchell's versus the machines now streaming on netflix boom boom <laughs> I need to get that sound effect, and I need my soundboard to work properly so that way I can play sound effects. I made sure I got the damn taste uh, sound clip, and my soundboard's being uh, wonky today. So next time, it'll be there. At least I have it, and it's on the board now. So get ready for more sound clips. I keep on just going through and being like, I need to add this to the soundboard. <laughs> We're definitely going to be those, you know, wacky 90s... Uh, morning jock shows by the by the end of this year with me and the sound the baby <laughs> <laughs> are you mental in the morning <laughs> i did that at work yesterday and i got i got a chuckle out of it oh all right so that was mitchell's and machines now streaming on netflix Go check it out if you haven't already. I know I will eventually get around to it because I think it will be fun. All right, Brian, why don't you go ahead and give us your topic for the month of May? So I had a whole topic lined up and I was talking about this web web series, this this new series from Australia. But I will talk about I'm teasing that now. I will I will do that for my one up. So I decided the very last second to pull an audible because I know my dear friend Eric and I, we have a mutual obsession with certain online gaming uh final fantasy specifically uh and uh they had a big event this weekend as we're recording uh their digital fan fest uh, digital be- i want to be a chocobo a chocobo a chocobo oh, <laughs> or is it i want to ride a chocobo what's the song is it is it well, that's I, I think it's from 15 but still oh my god i forgot about that yes 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 i think it's i want to ride a chocobo yeah anyway i want to be a chocobo 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 i want to be a chocobo it's like the only thing i remember aside from like the japanese boy bandness of the uh the main characters (laughs) well if you're not familiar with the world of final fantasy i don't even know what to tell you but if you are and you've heard of 14 maybe in passing 14 and we've we have talked about this a fair number of times on the show mostly me uh, it is probably one of the best MMOs uh, out there in so many ways. Um, but especially if you are a fan of any of the Final Fantasies, 14 finds a way to link you in, bring you back, find something that you go, oh, I really like that. And even beyond Final Fantasy, if you're a fan of like Near Autonoma, they did a whole thing with uh, that game and in game is like a raid. So anyway, Final Fantasy 14 is an amazing, very successful MMO from Square Enix. They have a fan fest. Actually, they have three fan fests every was every other year, I guess. Um, and they, yeah, I think uh, every other year they position them globally so that they can get their European audience, their Japanese audience, and their American audience. So I got to go two years ago, I guess. No, more than that now. Three years ago, because I think it was delayed to their um, their last American one in Las Vegas, and 
uh, our dear, our mutual friend, uh, Jacob, formerly on the show as what was he straight boy on the floor or something? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, there and, and, and got me in actually. Uh, so yeah, he, and he's the reason I kind of got into the game besides Eric also, you know, poking me and saying you should play this game. Uh, and I love it. It's great. I admit lately I have not kept up because of life, but FanFest, Digital FanFest came out and they announced uh, more details about the last question mark expansion. Probably not last, um, but certainly the um, the climax, the, the epic conclusion of this uh, story that you've been a part of for the last three updates, two updates in the main story. I don't know. So many. Uh, and so it's really exciting for those of us who are into the lore, but it's also just kind of crazy. Um, and I definitely want Eric's reactions to the whole, uh, theme of this, uh, this last chapter, but, uh, it prominently features the moon, which if you're a longtime final final fantasy fan, you remember final fantasy four actually did go to the moon, uh, Final Fantasy IV being one of my favorites uh, of all time, of all the games. Uh, so I, I'm on board. I'm fully there. Uh, very, very into the revelations, uh, specifically the story stuff. But I mean, if you're never, if you've never played this game, you don't care about all the ins and outs of the story yet. You will. It, it gets you there. Uh, but, but there's two new job classes that are interesting. Uh, they are doing this. Oh God, Eric, what's the one that's like the, with the little, um, probes, the new healer class, the sage sage. Yes. Uh, and that's just batshit crazy weird. Like I love it. And, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it comes, I'm sure from a very specific reason from the story. They usually try to sort of make that work. Um, but the, the one that they introduced today is the reaper, um, with this, giant fucking scythe uh you know crazy weapon uh and i think that's what melee dps yes it is um so again if you're not an online gamer or you don't play rpgs and you're like what the hell are you talking about like i would try to explain a little bit but you know you gotta kind of catch up uh but yeah melee you know you like to fight people whatever dps you're a little further back so you can sort of throw things or kind of jump in and jump out and support like a tank tank being the person who's sitting there right up next to the monster getting all the damage um healer uh would be like you know obvious right um but yeah so this game is coming out in november which a lot of people were kind of surprised how soon because um uh shadowbringer was the last expansion and that just started wrapping up recently um which is great because even when you buy the expansion they still keep putting more content out to finish they, they kind of finish the story when you hit the end of the expansion and you, you kind of do that, but then they keep like doling out updates to kind of keep the story going in between the major uh, chapters. So I like that, uh, that model. Um, they also introduce some new areas in the game. And what is kind of neat is there are two areas specifically that they've talked about a lot in the game uh, up till now, but you never got to see it in person. You never got to go there. So one of the ones is like the evil empire, Garlemald, uh, or the Garlean empire. And so that's like an area that I really am excited to explore and see. Cause you know, again, you hear about it. They're like the evil, you know, uh, warrior fire nation, uh, of Japan or whatever. Um, and then they're doing, uh, this other place called Char- Charlian, which is another thing they've referenced a hundred times over. And we've been like, well, that's cool. Can we go there? No. 
finally <laughs> now we get to go and the moon oh and the moon uh not to mention right so it's it's really kind of cool um i i'm uh it's uh, endwalker is the title um because you know i think there's a connection there to meant like it's the end of the story but i don't know eric what did you think or what what other things did they mention during the keynote that really like surprised you or, or got you excited well i mean anytime i hear uh naoki yoshida uh who is the game uh the head video game producer of final fantasy 14 just do his presentations i'm always in awe of how well he communicates to the audience and is so excited for the game. I mean, each of the past fan fests before a new uh, expansion announcement, he's come and cosplayed as the new job, which he did this time as the Reaper carrying around this huge freaking scythe um, in this heavy, heavy leather outfit, which could not have been comfortable to stand on stage for two hours and talk. Um <laughs> But because it was completely digital, they had um, screens for him of the comment sections from the different platforms they were casting to YouTube, Twitch, and then whatever the one is specific for Japan. I can't remember if it's like Nico Nico or something like that. Um, but that way he could interact with people who were commenting on the online streams which that kind of off the cuff stuff you never see from like BlizzCon or anything like that. They kind of keep pretty much down the, uh, the company line. Um, so it was just neat presentation wise. You kind of went into all the specifics that are cool. Um, I like the color palette for um, the Thavnarian area. Uh, which Rat, is very. Ratsatan, Ratsatan. I can't say the name of the city. It's yeah. like. Yeah, it's just Indian and African influenced. It's really cool. Yeah, very East Indian um, aesthetically uh, with lots of giant um, elephant statues everywhere uh, representing something similar to Ganesh, I think. Wasn't that a Um, new like because they have these little races, like these little like animalist, but they're like they're like sentient. Isn't there like (laughs) an elephant race or something they introduced? Yes, there's going to be one in this chart. They also released a new, well, half of a new race because in uh, Shadowbringers, we got the female Viera, which are bunny ladies. um, And they're going to give us uh, bunny boys this time around. Yeah, finally, after many, many updates and possible like other races, they have got a bunny race that I am excited about uh, being a a fan of of the rabbits. I can't remember what the earth sign. What's what's the rabbit instead of earth sign for bear? What is rabbit? I forgot. Furries. Uh, no, no, it's not a furry thing. It's not <laughs> it's a furry not thing. Or is that just uh turtles? Usagi is Japanese for bunny. Um, I know. It's, well, Usagi Yojimbo was is the the bunny samurai in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, um, furries. You shut your mouth. I am not a fucking furry. <laughs> I love furries. They're great people, but I am not a fucking furry. I'm just saying. Simone is about to walk out in her fucking beast outfit. <laughs> and she is about to come through. I just want to make a very clear line in my identity. Nothing against furries. I just want to say I am not that. So anyway. Are you a cat boy right now? 
No, I'm um <laughs> what am I? I'm uh I'm the the bearish uh whatever the Rogan. Rogan, yeah, no, that's yeah. been my default. And and I keep looking, I'm like, oh, because you can change your you can change your race. Uh and um but the bun bun uh boy bun buns or whatever they're gonna call that. And then the Hrothgar, which you can be a male Hrothgar. I, that was the most tempting. It's like the lion race, but they're gonna which have are, female. Which are buff cat men versus the uh twinkie little cat boys. Yeah. <laughs> and the Twinkie Cat Boys are adorable. I think they're cute, but I am not that. So anyway, just saying. Glad BJ is uh, appreciating my uh I mean I just wear actual gymnastics to not be a you're, you're back you're backpedaling? Yeah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> I, I I just wish they would have uh figured out the coding to give the rabbits hats. That's all. Oh yeah, that's a good point. They, they, even though they both sexes now, neither one can wear hats. It's weird. Um, I do also want to talk about the music of Final Fantasy, which if you are at all familiar with it, you know, Nobuo Imatsu uh, or, um, uh, oh gosh, Ahsoka. Uh, I don't remember his first name. It's Mashioda. No, I'm butchered that. So- Soken Sama or Soken, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the new composer. Like there is some of the best music of any video game, maybe short of like a Zelda or some other, you know, epic games, but like some of the best music. And there's so much of it that every fan fest, they actually have live concerts and they play the music on like piano rock band. I don't know if they've done an orchestra, but it wouldn't su- surprise me. And so Eric, you caught the piano concert, right? I did not. I just know it oh. happened. Oh, that's right. Cause it was at five 30. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, it's all up online. If you want to go check out if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, it's all on YouTube. Um, the concerts, I'm sure, will be there hopefully for a little bit, if not like in perpetuity. If they're doing a Primals concert, uh, that's what I recommend. I got to see them in person, and oh my god, it was so great. That's like the Yasokin, and then one of the um, lead uh, other people who's an American. Uh, 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 like, Koji Fox. Koji Fox, thank you. Uh, does a lot of localization work, but also is just a huge part of of this uh, this company, the Square Enix's final fantasy 14 group um they're all in the band and then they bring out yoshida uh, yoshi p as part of some of the songs and in his full outfits and it's 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 an epic uh, fun event so i'm i'm glad they're doing it i i'm sure it loses something of being a digital but at the same time i'm glad that so many people get to experience it at the same time uh, and i'm excited for endwalker i'm very uh you know i'm sad because i don't think they're going to end the game they're not i mean they're not ending the game but i do know that this will probably be a pretty like like a final moment and then you know i don't know what's going to come next so yeah but what i do appreciate is that i know you talked before about how the game comes out and you can finish the base game and then they release patches later on with additional story to finish out each expansion story uh but because this is going to be the end of this over 10 year story arc uh that's going to be done at the end of 6.0 and then all the patches are going to start the new story arc. Um, so yeah. that's exciting. Which I mean that, that it, it, it sort of still fits in that model, but what I'm curious about is what they're ending and then what, if they're like, so, so real quick, I mean, this is like, so in the weeds, but the original final fantasy 14 came out. It was like 1.0 lasted for like a year or two. I don't know. It was not a great success. It had lots of issues story was probably okay but nothing like you know but then they blew up the world like they totally like destroyed not blew it up but they like they rained meteors down and totally fucked the world uh not unlike what Fortnite ended up doing between their um uh chapters 
uh, which a lot of people are like, oh, you're doing a Final Fantasy thing, but that's cool. Um, and so I'm really interested in wondering if they're going to do something very transformative in some way at the end of this, uh, because there is this sort of catastrophe that's always about to happen. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm really, I'm excited and I'm also sad that, 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 you know, is, is ending, but, uh, yeah, final fantasy 14 Endwalker in November. And we would, we wouldn't be memeing unless we finished out final fantasy 14 talk without saying you should try the free trial that they have, which includes the base game all the way through the first expansion up to level 60. Yes. That's it's, it's good. Uh, and if you do, you let us know that you're going to be on. Actually, John, friend of the show, John from Comic Book Look, he got into Final Fantasy in part because of me talking about it. And he, uh, I think he's in the, like the second expansion now and, and loving it. So, yeah, let us know if you're playing. Is he a not furry too? I can't speak for his furriness. Got <laughs> <laughs> nothing against the furries and the free play of life. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so that is Final Fantasy, dig- the, their digital version of their fan festival going on right now as we record. Uh, by the time y'all hear this, it will be over. But I'm sure they will have all of that up online that you can go back and watch. Um, and like that concert that was at 5.30 a.m. where Eric did not watch it. He can go back and he can watch it all from the cover of his home, whatever he wants to online. I mean, I'm making these promises, but... I'm sure that they will have this content up there for people to watch for quite some time. So let us move on to our next topic. BJ, what you going to talk about? So I was kind of torn on this one. Uh, about, a, about a month ago, um, I was kind of thinking about getting a new game, and I couldn't decide between Returnal or Resident Evil Step On Me Mommy. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I ended up picking Returnal, though. And for those of you that don't know, Returnal is the second... Uh, actually, I think it's the only PS5 exclusive other than Bug Snacks right now. Um, but Returnal is effectively a roguelike um, game where you die all the time. <laughs> every time. Um, so the game, you, you effectively... I've been playing the game probably for about half a month now, and all the only bit of story I have so far is that you uh, work for a company that goes out into space and you do first contact missions where you go and you kind of survey a planet, uh, you do kind of like a xenoarchaeology, xenobiology sort of uh, role. Um, however, your main character in this game, she crash lands. Um, and when you start the game, you're already in this sort of time loop cycle because you find your own dead body and a recording, but you don't remember recording it because you've just gone through a time loop. So every time she dies, she, she, every time you die in the game, you not only go back to the starting point, but the world changes. Like the entire, uh, so so in this game, the stages are biomes. The entire biome changes. You'll have maybe one or two similar areas, like where you can uh, you can get on like a fast travel sort of thing. But that that's it. Uh, you, the only things you keep are are uh, uh, new weapons. So if you like uh, 
Like if you once you get your melee weapon, you keep that. Um, once you get all data is kept. Um, there's a real interesting system with items where when you get when you get an item for the first time, you actually don't have the full data on that item till you've actually picked it up a couple times. Um, it's it's really wild. It's 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 kind of a mix. You know, it makes me think of uh, it makes me think of Metroid a lot. Um, but uh, so not only does the game switch out and the and the biomes change around, there's almost zero loading time. So they're really kind of showing off what the PS5 can do with this game. Um, the haptic feedback is incredibly unnerving. I have never felt rain in a game before. Um, but also when you walk through mud, the vibrations change, um, the haptic feedback on the triggers, uh, you hold one down halfway to aim, you hold it all the way down to use a secondary function of your weapon. It's, it's nuts. Um, my, uh, the enemies are all the, the enemies will learn how you fight. Um, so number rule, number one, you just keep moving, you run, you run your ass off and you just hope you don't get hit. Um, but it's uh it's real interesting so far um i've picked up a couple of suit augmentations that i keep uh there is a section where you can pay uh there's certain there's money called ether you can pay six ether and the next time you die you just reset to when you activated that machine so uh as of right now i have somewhat learned the language of the inhabitants on the planet who are all dead I'm trying to get to the white signal on the other side of the planet. And right now I am at the first boss and I have died a total number of 18 times. <laughs> um, but it's neat. And then there's a, uh, there's a malfunction system. So there's uh, items and chests that if you pick them up, they can cause a suit malfunction. There's like a mold on the planet that'll mess with your suit. And sometimes that will be, you take fall damage until you get a certain number of, uh, of a certain amount of money. Sometimes it's, you can't pick up a weapon, a new weapon. Sometimes you take damage when you pick up a weapon. Uh, and then there, yeah, it's like, you don't get fall damage. There's, there's, there's this meme that I keep finding online where it's like, it's like player checking to see if they have fall damage. Uh, the NPC, that bitch just jumped. Um, but uh, no, and then there's a parasite system where there's a parasite on the planet that will give you a strength, but also a weakness. So um, there's one parasite that regenerates your health constantly, but it lowers your damage in the air by 70%. So if you're jumping around shooting, you're going to do significantly less damage. So it's, it's kind of a wild ride. Um, I almost got the headphones for it, but that's way too immersive for me. <laughs> I, um, but yeah, it's uh, the larger story. I've probably unlocked maybe... I think 15%. Um, you keep weapon upgrades. So the number one thing you want to do is when you when you find a new weapon, if it's got a secondary function that hasn't been unlocked yet, you, you can unlock it, and the next time you, you reset, you'll have that upgrade the next time you pick up a weapon like that. So that's actually really cool. So it's 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 weird. It's I don't feel upset when I go back. I'm a little bit excited to see how things have changed because there is one change where like all of my items and everything that I could get, I encountered right before I got back to the boss. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, running back to, uh, 
to try and unlock more of the mystery behind everything. But as of right now, it's just fun. It's just a fun road roguelike where you just kind of run around and, you know, find items, scan stuff. I don't think I've even found all the items I can get in this first biome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's nuts. So if you happen to have a PS5, if you if you can get one, it this is definitely uh, worth the worth it and everything else. That sounds like a fantastic use of like the haptic controller and all of that. Like, yep. I'm I'm super curious. Like I'm super interested to actually finally get to like play a game on the PS5, just to feel like how that response system works. Like it's it's unnerving. It's it, I, like it's great. Like when I'm playing, it's all now at this point. It's so second nature that like at one point. The controller was vibrating, but I wasn't in an area where it was raining. And I'm like, what, what's happening? What's going on? There's some, something's come moving. And then like I round the corner and it turns out there's just a machine in the distance moving something and I can feel the vibrations. And as I got closer to the machine, the vibrations increased. So it Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch do. <laughs> come on, come on, feel it. Feel the vibration. I was going to go with Beach Boys. Good, 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 good vibrations. These are not good vibrations. They, the the game is like a the game is like a cross between Metroid, Alien, and HP Lovecraft. Like it's like your like the your first your first cycle, you're terrified of everything. You you, you don't uh, and the game rewards you. You have an adrenaline system where the more enemies you kill, um, the higher your adrenaline spikes, and it gets up to level five, and you're you become a beast, like a straight up murder machine. But then if you get hit, injured at least once, then you lose all of the boost. But uh, there's a parasite for that. So there's a parasite for that. I feel like that was Apple's uh, original thought process. <laughs> Before they went with, there's an app for that. And then I, I think that was a wise choice for them to go uh, the, the app route. Also, I just recently watched Venom. So every time you said there's a parasite, I kept thinking when Eddie would tell people, oh, I have a parasite. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it looks like this little mouth with tentacles. Actually, honestly, I'm just going to say every enemy in this area right now is just a mouth with tentacles like so many tentacles so many mouths so they feel with their mouths uh, oh, oh here's here's the other thing you can pick up multiple parasites um and when you do that you can hear them wriggling through the controller you can hear the little like gooey wriggle sound through your controller once you get a certain number. I was going to make a joke about market days coming back to Chicago in August and picking <laughs> up multiple things. Um, and then I got really grossed out about feeling it wriggle through the controller. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like the, the like I thought I understood what haptic feedback meant. I no, I did not. I clearly <laughs> did not because I like late at night playing the game. I'm in, sitting in the living room alone and like something falls next to me and I'm like, ah, um, it's, wow. and it's third person. <laughs> so it's third person. So you can, you can see the area pretty wide, but you're like, I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't want to touch it. I feel like I need to shower now. Um, <laughs> it's so kind of like it, Chicago during market days. 
Exactly. <laughs> I knew the but joke it's... would come back around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the visual, the visuals are absolutely fucking outstanding. Um, I it wasn't until my second play around that I realized there is zero load times, and these areas are absolutely fucking massive. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's a change. Um, the and the thing is, if you if you're one of those people that plays games and you actually like to read the data, like you know, you play a Resident Evil game, you'll sometimes pick up like a, a file or something. Um, and you actually like that system where you can like kind of read it up on the own story yourself. Um, it's yeah, I'm I'm a huge nerd and I listen to like half the audio files before I start my next playthrough. Um, so then there's a creepy one where she's just like, I found one of me and I was still functional. I was still alive. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely it's probably they, they're starting strong. They're starting out strong right now. All I got from that last part of your your conversation was if you like to play games and read and you have uh, no time for loads, um, then Market Days is great for you. <laughs> I'm just cycling back. I'm just reusing this. If I had the trombone or the cricket sounds, I'd use them. It's, it's almost like your joke is part of Returnal. And each time it doesn't work, it comes back in a different form. Still the same, just slightly different. He just, he's just constantly wakes up in the middle of this podcast recording and it goes like, all right, BJ, it's your turn now for your topic. Says a joke. Wakes up all of a sudden. Okay, BJ, now it's time for your topic. I feel like I've done this before. Just w- I'm just waiting for uh, Demi Lovato's confident to start playing, and there'll be a montage. <laughs> It'll be great. I I want somebody. I want somebody to like record this game, them playing this game, and to that. <laughs> <laughs> just call me Tree. Let's do this. You know, and I'm not one for like the Dark Souls esque type. Like you're gonna die but you're going to feel accomplished by it. But it definitely just the way it's built into the game. You, you, like I said, when you, when you die, you don't feel at all like put off by it at all. Sweet. Well, if you do have a PS five out there uh, for those lucky few that do, I mean more than a few, but I know there's still a massive shortage on them, but if you have your hands on a PS five in that lovely, haptic feedback controller, then uh, BJ highly suggests Returnal. And then uh, eventually he'll get a big mommy stomp on me, Resident (laughs) Evil Village uh, later on. And then he'll have to tell us all about that after it's been out forever. But I still probably won't have played it because I still haven't played like quite a few Resident Evil games, even though I have some (laughs) of them in my collection. But that is Returnal on the PS5, exclusively on the PS5. So go check it out. Well, dear listeners, we hope that you are enjoying this and all of the other content that we put out for you as Flame On, not just our audio dramas, the drama mama of the podcast, but also our Rainbow Spotlight as video series, as well as uh, some random posts that we put on our social media and uh, the postings from uh, us and our friends over on our discord server if you are enjoying that or if you have not checked it out i should say why not head over to our website flameonshow.com it has links to all of the goodness all of the ways that you can hear see interact enjoy 
everything that we do for Flame On, as well as ways to support our show, including buying swag and merchandise from our Threadless store, and by becoming a patron on our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Flame On Show is where it's at. We currently have four levels for you to join and uh, get some great prizes and things and stuff by joining at whatever level you want to support us at. And before we did this recording, we were finalizing our new tiers. I know I've been talking about this for like probably three or four months at this point, but (laughs) we have got some sickening or sickening tiers for you uh, coming up. There was a there was a thing on Ray Chaser when they did uh, Laganda's entrance where the closed caption apparently said, "Come on, season six, yeah. let's get sixening," which I actually kind of <laughs> like, but you know, we all know it's just let's get sickening. As he fall, that would just be my body hitting the ground and not getting back up if I tried to death drop. But uh, we've got four. We do have four new tiers with some fantastic. Uh, perks and benefits and maybe a little bit of swag as well that will be coming your way those will be launched just before the start of june june 1st is our 10 year anniversary and we will be doing a live stream extravaganza you're gonna have us your main cast there as well as uh possibly some Voices and faces of old, not just old faces, because I mean, at this point, we all a lot older than when we started this journey. But we're going to have our current and past cast members joining together. I don't want to say who yet, because most of them have accepted the invitation, but we haven't really hammered out all the details yet. So I, I take an invite acceptance as like a, hmm, this sounds like it could be fun. But you'll be hearing and seeing some voices from the past joining us to celebrate 10 years of Flame On. That is going to be live on June 5th. We're going to be streaming to all of our social media platforms. Uh, We're going to do another Flame On house party. It's been over a year since we did the last one. So it is time to do another one. And it's going to be to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of the podcast that you are currently listening to and that you love. Flame on, on, on. So um, with that launch or with the 10 year anniversary, we will launch our new Patreon tiers starting on June 1st. So you'll have a week to check those out before the first. And then uh, you'll have two months. If you're our current Patreon subscriber, you'll have two months to check out the new tiers, see which one fits you and your budget the best and what perks you want to get from us on the show and uh, switch over. So we'll send out information to our patrons, our current patrons in the next coming weeks, just to give y'all a heads up and let you know what you have to do in order to keep on supporting us here at flame on, but you can check out the website again at flameonshow.com, And you can check out our Patreon by going directly to patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. Let's get it on with our remaining topic. Before we get into my topic, we are going into the month of June and we have a, there are a couple of big things that are happening that we may not directly talk about. But I do want to give a quick shout out to Netflix flat out said gay rights when they announced that on, I believe it's June 3rd, we get the next arc of Sailor Moon Crystal as a movie on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Arts Yay. one and two. So Arts one and two. This is the follow on to what they had like a while ago, right? Like when we were watching it years the, ago. The Hulu uh, relaunch with Sailor Moon Crystal. I believe so. So it's not technically called Sailor Moon Crystal. It's pretty... Uh, I think it, it uses the uh, pretty super Sailor... Like Sailor Moon moniker. But it's the same animation style. So it's all in that same vein. And it is the next story arc from where it ended... After the third season, I think it was the third season on Hulu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this so is now the Dead Moon Circus, is that right? Yes. With Pegasus, right? The uh, yes. uh-huh. the creepy, the creepy uh, gay horse. <laughs> Oral's favorites. <laughs> Oral hates Pegasus so much, <laughs> so much. But yeah, so I when when I saw that get announced, I was like, and it was June third. I was like, Happy Pride Month to us, the lesbians, um, Sailor Scouts are back. My favorite Pluto is back. It's just, oh, I am, I am fucking stoked to see that come out. Um, so hopefully that may actually end up being a one up. But I, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to get around to talking about it. But I saw it and I wanted to make sure that it was it was talked about. Um, I also, as much as we talk about, uh, the corporatization of pride and there have been all of these things where I've seen like, um, TikToks. I don't, so I'm not on TikTok, but a lot of people will share TikToks either in our uh, flame on chat or, um, on Twitter. And I will see stuff that gets you know posted on TikTok that way. And <laughs> there's been a lot of shit talking targets pride section. Oh my God. Can we? Uh... But I am here to defend Target and yes. the Pride Collection. Absolutely. Because I went on my app today and I was like, somebody posted about like the overalls. And I don't know. I kind of want a pair. I don't know why. I probably will look like a giant like denim uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, but whatever. <laughs> but they actually have some fucking 
awesome merchandise. Not yes. all of it's available in the store, and not is it not everything is in every store. So I'm right outside of Boys Town. So my Target, like it's right like a block and a half away from me, has a good selection. But the um, the Lakeview, aka you know, in the heart of Boys Town, Target has got so much more. But they've got some really fucking cool like t-shirts. They've got some really sexy models in these. There is a daddy that they have modeling some of this pride stuff. And I'm like, I am right there for this shirt. Add to cart. Daddy. <laughs> so <laughs> not the shirt in a size small, but I'll take him. Thanks. They're they're casting a wide neck net with these products. And so it's almost, I would say, and I love them. I love most of them. I will say it's almost too much. Like evidently there's a cat box scratching post yeah there's a, of, there's a lot of pet stuff which i mean again <laughs> like i've talked a lot about this like it, it's 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 like when you grew up uh, and you realized you know you were gay at a certain age and you know you were you were not in a situation where acceptance was as universal or at least as widespread as it is now if not universal um you also would not you did not have the merchandise to to brand and to support that we do now again it's it's widespread i think i think people who are are of my age and a little younger even i mean this group i would say we're all like from that era where this is amazing this is so awesome this is like a bounty of riches we never expected whereas maybe some of the more uh youthful gen z uh uh queer community uh isn't as uh used to that uh uh, scarcity so they see this and immediately it's like oh they're cashing in oh this is the uh, uh. But, yeah. but i mean there's also things like uh there's a convenience store gas station called come and go i'm not sure if any of you have heard about yes. this place which it's 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 spelled k-u-m and go uh but they have merchandise and there was one uh gay twitter person who made an off joke about, oh, they don't have a come and go jockstrap. But there ended up being a little back and forth between come and go's social media person and this person. And they actually put together a come and gay rights t-shirt <laughs> that they sold and donated all of the proceeds to charity. Yeah. Which is great. And I actually bought a t-shirt and a tank top of it. Nice. Oh, lucky you. I didn't have money at the time. And by the time I had money, they weren't selling it anymore. Oh. You, you know, it's so when when I hear complaints like that, all I can think of is that issue of a recent X-Men comic where Magneto and Professor Xavier go to talk to the like there's like the World Nations like kind of get together thing. Um and Magneto uh, they they ask him like like are you are you all different have you changed and he says yes he's like you can see that in her methods he's like he's like he's like we've learned that there are, he's like in the end I would have just taken all of your weapons and neutered you and showed you how powerful I am he's like that doesn't work he's like what we will do is we will give you this medicine, we will take this money, all of the absurd amounts of money you're going to give us, and we will buy your schools, we will buy your banks, we will, we will buy everything and change it so that the next generation understands the atrocities that were done to us. And that's my thing, is I'm like, 
yeah, sure, it's a corporate thing. Sure, it's a company wants to make money off of this. But at the end of the day, the receipts will say Pride Collection. And eventually, there will be a year-round Pride Collection. And eventually, we will be able to buy these things and purchase these things not just one or two months out of the year, but all day, every day. And eventually, your kids will be like, hey, I'm not gay, but I really like this rainbow jumper. I'm going to wear this to brunch. Like, that's the thing. And eventually, eventually, we won't have, people won't have to come out. Eventually, you know, they'll just bring their boyfriend to dinner and their parents will be like, oh, cool, your boyfriend's here. Uh, Like, you know, and it's one of those things where that's, at some point, you have to affect change through a, in a corporate manner. Because at the end of the day, money talks. Money's always talked. And I just like the idea that corporations now are fully understanding that the money does talk. So, and Target's really. always been an organization that has done more than others in supporting LGBTQ exactly. uh, groups. So, I mean, again, if this was like, uh, I don't know, a Walmart or uh, I, don't, I don't even, a, another shitty company, you know. Chick fil A started putting yeah. out, you Thank know, you. stuff during Pride <laughs> Month. We yeah. might look at them with a little side eye. But right. they got, but, like, they've got these yeah. cute little inflatable, like, little floaties, like, for the pool. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the rainbow flag with the black and brown stripes. Um, the bi fly colors, the trans fly colors, like the lesbian fly colors. There's a cute little pin set. There's a, a doormat that says, you're here, I'm queer, uh, which tickled me so much. <laughs> I don't know exactly why, but it made me so happy. There's these like, um, mas amor, por favor, like, you know, like rainbow heart t-shirts. There's stuff with like um, RuPaul, uh, her season six promo, like Panther um, with rainbows. They did a tank top with the damn progress uh, pride flag. I hope that Daniel Quasar is getting some serious cash for utilizing his fucking design, by the way. Um, Mm, Yeah. You know, like there's there's ace uh, pride stuff. There's bi pride stuff. There's uh, trans pride stuff that there's a pose T-shirt you know, like that's licensed for, for this collection. There's, you know, love is love. And just all of these things that like, I, 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 a lot of it's super fucking cute. So that's fantastic. First of all, like not everything is just like the, 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 um, the jumper. What the fuck is the, uh, um, what's the single, the, not the singlet, but, um, Union suit? No. No, like the, it's shorts and the jump. Like, a romper? They were really big like two years ago. A romper. The romper. Like <laughs> I know they, had, they had like the rompers that were like plastic material like yeah. two years ago that were just like gaudy like rainbow stripe stuff. Uh, and like there like, they really are some like outlandishly gaudy things. But they've actually, there are some really cute things. And I'm just like, God, I could spend a shit ton of money. There's little like masks with little like rainbow hearts and then there's a button down short sleeve t-shirt that's it's labeled as like animals and it's like bear it's like all of, like the little like animal subsection of like the queer rainbow and i was just like i want this and that hot daddy was wearing that and it was modeling that <laughs> shirt and i said yes please to both I, I i know you were asking about um daniel quasar and i'm on the target website right now and they do specifically call out private progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar in 2018 it includes colors celebrating black brown trans members of the the community 
Um, so they're at least calling him out. I don't know if he's getting any residuals for he his would design. Have to. But if they're yeah. if they're crediting him, they're guarantee you they are paying him um, for it. So that's phenomenal. Like that's another queer person that was trying to affect a change in in reflecting the communities that are underrepresented within the queer community uh, to make a an aesthetically pleasing. And that's been my whole thing with the, the just tacking on the brown and black stripes onto the rainbow flag. It just felt like lazy and just slapdash. And I wanted something aesthetically like, let's make something new and different. And when I saw that progress flag, like that was, I was totally in for it. So I'm glad to see like that stuff is there. So um, with Pride Month getting ready to start not long after this episode releases, uh, I figured those were a couple of, of things to just kind of touch on. And we can always talk more about them when we get into our, our roundup um, during the month of June. But uh, I, I think those are some some extra little topics to to chat about. So now let's get into that was more story than what my topic actually had <laughs> written down on the pages of the script. So let's get into my topic. I will be talking about and I, I told you when we started this call before we started recording that normally I don't pick my topic first. I normally wait and see what y'all want to do and then I'll pick something. But my life has been a whirlwind. I now work 11 to 8 shifts at my my job. And so my life consists of waking up in the morning, walking havoc, getting my car, driving almost an hour to work, working for nine hours, and then uh, getting my car, driving almost an hour back, and then walking havoc and going to bed. So I forced myself to watch something recent, current, um, and then uh, I went ahead and said, what are we doing for the show this week or uh, for this week? This is my topic. I picked it first so nobody else could steal it. <clears throat> BJ. So my topic for the month of May is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Which, by the way, they do utilize that beat in there. And it's such a nostalgia feel. Gives me nostalgia mouthfeel, and it's phenomenal. It gave me nostalgia for when I used to enjoy a Mortal Kombat movie. Ah! <laughs> so, Mortal Kombat <laughs> is a 2021 American martial arts fantasy film based on the video game franchise with the same name and a reboot of the Mortal Kombat film series. Film stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Josh Lawson, Tenabu. Ten- Tadanabu Asano, if I, I'm going to fuck up people's names horribly, and I apologize in advance. Mikhod Brooks, Ludi Lin, Chin Han, Joe Taslam, and Hiroyuki San, Sanada. I, I feel like I can't read anybody's names right now. Uh, it's the, it is directed by Samuel McCoyd in his feature directorial debut from a screenplay by Greg Russo, Dave Callahan, and a story by Russo and Oren Uziel. So... This is a reboot. We had uh, the original movies back in the 90s all the way through. I think was it the was it the second movie was Annihilation uh, in 1997, which was basically a commercial and a critical flop. And they had planned a third movie. There was a, a trilogy, a, a, a third quill, if you will. That was in the works, and after Annihilation flopped, they just kind of uh, let it let it kind of linger in 
uh, the Hell Dimension with Scorpion for for quite some time. Back in, I think, 2016 is when this got revitalized as far as I think James Wan was involved in uh, doing some of the the work on the film, whether it was the script or um, or just in development for the film. And eventually it was filmed in 2019. I had no clue that this was a movie that was being made until the announcement of the Warner Brothers films being released to the theaters simultaneously with HBO Max. And when they announced the lineup of movies for 2021 that would have a simultaneous streaming and in-theater release, and they said Mortal Kombat, I said, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) And um, it is a movie. So I will preface this, and I will say that I will be very snarky during this, but that's just how I am. I did not mind this movie. It is gorgeous to look at. It is a beautifully shot film. Like it, the, 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 the cinematography outshines any of the story. <laughs> and it's a visually very stunning movie. The plot is as thin as a sheet of paper and has about as much depth as that sheet of paper. <laughs> But overall, I the the CGI, the grand CGI, I think was done extremely well. The minute CGI, Raiden's eyes being kind of like lightning or lit up, um, Liu Kang holding out his hand and making a fireball to warm up a family, like all those little things looked so cheap. And so, like, half done. It's like they said, okay, we have 100 hours to do the CGI. I need y'all to spend 99 of these hours on the big stuff. And then you, one guy, you get an hour to do all the rest of it. Because it looked very slapdash and very cheesy. But let's uh let's go over a little bit of the plot um <laughs> what the plot is the most the majority of like the actual in-depth plot is in the first five to ten minutes of the film where we are back in the 17th century in japan and we see um hanzo hasashi who will later become known as scorpion uh and his family in their little cabin, and then they're attacked by Bihan, who later becomes Sub Zero, um, in an attempt for Bihan to eradicate Hanzo's bloodline. Uh, somehow, Hanzo's um, crying baby, who was crying up until about three milliseconds before his family was attacked, uh, was not heard by Bihan and his uh, minions and manages to live. To then eventually sire an offspring named Cole Young. And this is the character that we get introduced to. And we kind of ride as the viewer through him into the world of Mortal Kombat. And this is a character created for the movie. This is not a character from the game. And um, it's that's about as deep as the story goes. From there, it's uh, a lot of just, there's a tournament. We've got a fight. Let's hit each other. You need to learn how to find your inner power. Uh, and then, um, yeah, then there's just bloody, bloody, bloody gore and violence. 
which I wasn't mad about, to be completely honest. Um, Jax gets his arms ripped off after having his arms frozen. And uh, then they they fight uh, Shang Tsung and uh, his minions, which include Melina and Cabal and Goro and uh, uh, Raiko, who apparently was a character in the time that I stopped playing Mortal Kombat. And, yeah. uh, you know... It, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. It then leaves off with a bit of a cliffhanger or a little tease for a character that is not in the film and uh, who will be introduced in a second movie, uh, where the actor who played Bihan was uh, has been said that to have been signed on for at least three additional films. Uh, I've heard upwards of five total films he has been signed on to. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, I'm, I will be interested to see where it goes with this because for a film called Mortal Kombat, we never actually get to the tournament of Mortal Kombat in this film. So, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm going to run through, uh, who we have in the cast and then I will throw it over to anybody else who has seen it. I know BJ has, cause I stole the topic from him, uh, <laughs> before he could steal it from me. And uh, Eric, it seems like you have seen the movie and you have some feelings about it. So uh, we have Lewis Tan as Cole Young, Jessica uh, McNamee. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it different ways each time, apparently. So as uh, Sonya Blade, Josh Lawson as Kano. Uh, I'm not going to butcher these poor people's names again. We got Lord Raiden, Jax, Liu Kang, Shang Tsung, Bihan, uh, Hansa Hasashi, Kung Lao, Melina, uh, Emily and Allison. Yeah, those are extra people. Uh, Cabal, Goro, Raiko, Natara, and Harumi. Who is Harumi? I don't know who that was. Mm-hmm. That was another person in the movie. Um, so yeah, so I like I said, I did not mind the film. It was uh, it was an hour and fifty minutes of my life. Um, but uh, let's throw it over to BJ because I, I feel like I, I get the aura and the sensation that BJ might have had a, a positive reaction <laughs> and uh, then we'll flip it over to Eric because I feel like uh, Eric might have some uh, dissension points for this film <laughs> so BJ what did you think well so I I went into it listen I remember seeing Mortal Kombat Annihilation in theaters and le- and let me tell you that was like who like I can't even watch it now. I can't even finish that one. So going into this, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I felt like you were mostly it was mostly a vehicle just to watch uh, Bihan and Hanzo fight it out at the beginning, which was fantastic. Starting off with the 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 base versions of Sub Zero and Scorpion fighting it off, and then having their fight in the movie. Um, I got chaotic bisexual vibes from Kano. Uh, absolutely. Like, the dude was like 50 flavors of crazy. And I was like, the whole time I'm like, yeah, he gonna fuck y'all shit up. Like, um, like you know he's I a love- bad guy. And you know that oh, like, yeah. half the shit he said is, says is just horrible. But I laughed my ass off at just about everything that came out of his mouth. <laughs> and wanted to blow him through 98% of the film. Like, and having, I do like that they had, I was weird having Cabal in there because Cabal didn't come in until like Mortal Kombat 3, uh, the video game. So, but also having Cabal have some sort of link to Kano definitely gave me ex-boyfriend he still sleeps with vibes. Um, So, (laughs) I, uh, 
I will say I definitely wanted more of uh, the actor that played Shang Sun because I really he gave off the perfect vibe. Um, I uh, Cole was weird. I was I do find it hilarious that his superpower is literally getting the shit beaten out of him until he can do his finishing move. Um, I mean, that, <laughs> until he can put, until he can put on a sweater. <laughs> I mean that that was very uh, Black Panther. Because that suit yes. is made to absorb all the energy and then expel it. But. Yeah. So, and I also think Cole is a, an original character, is yeah. he not? Yep. Yeah. So he's the player character, as I like when it comes to video game movies. Um, I will say it's definitely not the worst video game movie. I'm actually excited for the sequel. He was the me. He was the me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. And I, like I said, if you went into this thinking it was going to be something like absolutely fantastic then boo on you because i mean it's it's not dramatic um for the ages cinema yeah yeah um i i like how they simplified the abilities um they didn't like make it some big deal that these people were gonna get some sort of superpower um i I, but they they all it was was that they they did make a big deal of it it's like you need to find your arcana. If you can't find your arcana, you're a liability, said by Raiden with his lisp. I'm not making fun <laughs> of lisps, but it was so awkward with the accent and the lisp. It made it very, made it a very interesting um, uh, uh, speech pattern to follow along with. Mm. And he just, he seemed, you know, he kind of reminded me of the guy who played Raiden reminded me of Ken Jeong. Yes. Like I like just like a toned down Ken Jeong, like any second you knew he was just going to like be wacky and crazy. <laughs> but it was it was like I said it was it was it was fun. Um I do like how they kind of snuck in a like I love I love all of the random lines from the fucking video game that they snuck in. The finish him, the flawless victory. Like which can I just say, since you mentioned the uh, we we mentioned the the originals and you mentioned Annihilation, in I think it isn't Annihilation. Shang Tsung in that movie says "flawless victory" after the two people have been beating the shit out of each other, and then says <laughs> it. This movie actually said "flawless victory" during an interaction where one character was never touched, and I was like, that is accurate. That is how you say it. That is how it is done. Plus, I kind of fell in love with Kung Lao. Like he was fantastic. Yeah, I was uh, honestly, honestly, most of the male cast in this movie can get it. Um, so oh, I, I even just mean like his like charisma, like very oh, yeah. attractive, but his charisma, like his just he the he was so charismatic in the role in just being so like effortless that it was like wow like i really like him yeah he was way more compelling than Liu kang Liu yeah, kang was overact like overacting and acting like a cardboard like cutout at the same time which i don't know how you could be boring and overacting at the same time <laughs> it was a very weird line to to walk but he was like very intense but really stiff like yeah it, yeah, I did not. I, I did not care for for Liu Kang, and honestly, like you said, the Cole is the player character, which in a movie or in a, a game like Mortal Kombat, I don't think you need a brand new player character because there are no. so many characters. But after watching Liu Kang, who is normally 
the the focal point and the the player character uh so to speak the eyes of the the, the viewers i'm glad that that was not the actor in the what? character <laughs> 100%. Oh, absolutely 100%. Having Cole have like just familial links to Scorpion was was actually the perfect kind of middle ground because these characters are all larger than life. These characters are all everybody everybody had a favorite character that they like to play in in the game. I love Cole's daughter constantly saying, "Use your uppercut." Because I can't tell you how many times I played that damn game with a bunch of friends at like a slumber party or something. And like somebody's like, use your uppercut. Like that right there told me that the people who made this movie played this game as much as I did as a kid. I just didn't like the fact that that. you couldn't tell. Like at first it felt like his sister because they almost kind of looked like close in age. And then it was like, oh, that's his daughter? <laughs> Question mark? Really high-pitched voice at the end? <laughs> I was I was confusion in that regard. But then it was like, oh, it's his wife and his daughter. Okay. I guess she can be... And why is she your ring girl then? Like, why is she your ring person if she's like... That I don't know. It was that was the thing that was a little awkward and confusing to me. <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. I actually can't wait. That apparently they've started already filming the sequel, so um, I, I can't wait for the next one. Dear Lord. Well, I mean, it's it's odd because it's not a it's not a a, a critical box office financial success in what we're used to, but in the world of COVID and reduced capacity and, and times in theaters um it did have a good showing in its first week its second week had a massive drop off third week an even bigger drop off but it um don't tell the the snyder fanboys this but apparently it was the largest um release on hbo max to date so i think dethroning kong versus godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whichever way it is. Uh, so you know, don't just don't let the Snyder fanboys know that, and we'll be all good. But Eric, let's throw it to you for uh, some maybe dissension? Question mark. So, I I remember when the movie came out in the nineties, the first Mortal Kombat movie, and it was just fun. It was didn't have to think about it at all the soundtrack was amazing way better than it had any right to be anyways (laughs) but i was also a lot younger and actively playing the game at the time so maybe that added to my enjoyment and honestly i haven't really seen the movies since i saw them in the theater back when they were first released like it's not something i go back and watch a lot because um, you care about your mental health <laughs> sometimes um, <laughs> but this movie it was just it was a cardboard cutout version of the old Mortal Kombat movie I felt the dialogue felt stiff the acting was stiff the the way they introduced characters from 
all over. Like, I mean, if you're a fan of the video games and kind of the order that they came out and where characters line up in relation to each other, this kind of threw all that in a blender and turned it on. And so I was kind of lost there. Um, Kano's back must have been sore because he carried the entire movie. Um, This is true. And he could carry me away, too. Um, (laughs) I was like, I have a hate boner for you, and I like it. I have a problematic crush. (laughs) Um, And it felt more like, I don't know, it the fact that they were kind of training for a tournament, it was so very any anime training into a uh, tournament arc, but so truncated down and so oversimplified. And it just, none of, nothing in it felt intelligent. And not, not that it's supposed to, it's a video game movie, but there's ways to do that and still, I don't know, come out with some sort of good movie somewhere. And to me, it just wasn't there. I hear you. I, I had heard so many negative things uh, on Twitter about the movie when it first came out. And then I listened to Glenn Weldon um, do his pop culture happy hour episode with, I forget who the, the, the guest host was with him. For it, and they just sat there and kind of raved about just the mindless fun of it. And I'm kind of in the middle. I didn't walk out of it going, my God, I cannot wait for more Mortal Kombat movies. But I also didn't walk away from it going, why did I spend two hours of my life watching this? Um, I, I, I said it before, I was thoroughly impressed with how pretty the majority of the movie looked. <laughs> Um, like it just visually, I, in the beginning and just like the graph, I was like, wow, this is beautiful until like there were minor things that needed to be done CGI wise that just look like a really bad, like, like, uh, local access CGI versions. Um, and in the beginning of the movie in 17th century Japan, was that one guy really tiny that was just walking back and forth on the screen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when Hanzo was out and then his family's like in the, in the, they go in the cabin and there's just like in the background, it's like this, like almost like a little gnome. Maybe it was just a forced perspective thing of like this person was in the background. Maybe they're just yeah. saying that Japanese people in the 17th century were just short. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think um, it was the background because the 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 garden area and where the ha- where the house was, it was like weird and hilly. Like it it did, but when you see when you see his uh, his wife and son like walking up to the house, they must be walking in through like a different entrance because that looked level. But everything else, when he's having his big fight with all the other uh, all the other um, ninjas and stuff, he's on a hill. So I think okay. that was part of it. It was just a re- I know exactly what you're talking about now. It's, it's a really yeah, forced like he perspective. Heard, he heard something in like the distance and he would look and like there's somebody walking back and forth and it legit just looked like um, it kind of looked like one of those weird cardboard cutouts that would like be on like a, a on a, a, con- a conveyor belt, like going back and forth, like in a, like a, a knock them over game 
or the yodeler <laughs> on the price is right <laughs> but it was just so <laughs> tiny and i was like am i am i on drugs right now and i wasn't and it was so weird <laughs> Um, but, I will say that, that that opening scene was probably the best part of the movie for me. I thought the fight choreography was really well done, and it was just kind of interesting um, in a way. I didn't necessarily need Scorpion's fam- uh, family line to be some big prophecy of this is going to ultimately be the downfall of Outworld or whatever, but you needed some reason to bring in that uh new character but and i just and find give it funny some agency but yeah absolutely and i find it funny that it wasn't like it was a huge secret but they didn't really like play into cole being a descendant of scorpion so it was really kind of funny where like they finished that first scene which i feel like they spent most of their time and money on that first scene and then had like three days to film the rest of it and they're like let's do this we got it um but then they show that there's a black screen and then there's text for you to read. And it's like talking about the, the prophecy and all this. And then it opens on Cole and it's like, so am I supposed to not know that Cole is Scorpion's descendant? And this is who we're talking about. Like there is, there was no attempt at like even trying to hide it. And I don't know if that was supposed to be the case, but there are usually times like I'm not always the most observant. And people were like, oh, I saw this twist coming a mile away. I'm not that person. And this, I was like, y'all, y'all, you just opened up on Cole. Like, really, this is exactly what we're going to. But I, overall, it was a very pretty movie. Not a lot of substance. Um, but when Kung Lao did the buzzsaw hat trick and did that whole thing, um, that was phenomenal. And I loved it. Um, and it made little, like, you know, 11 year old me very happy from back in the day and uh considering i got to play i actually played a mortal Kombat game in, in the past year because i somehow forgot that i had a 50 dollars credit on the nintendo switch store from a an, a, a, an error in um a gift that was given that the code didn't work and then nintendo like gave me the credit and i forgot about it and the entire mortal Kombat 11 including the expansion packs was on sale for 60 bucks, the price of like just the regular game. I only had to pay $10 and I got the entire like expansion packs and everything, all the downloadable like extra characters. And I played through. So I finally played a game, Mortal Kombat 11. So I knew some of the, the new lore. Uh, it was, it was, it was kind of a, a fun trip down memory lane at that point. So I will give Mortal Kombat two and a half flames. And those are the flames of hell that Hanzo <laughs> Hasashi uh, said that Bihan thought he would die and would be consumed by, but he learned to control those flames. BJ, what would you give Mortal Kombat in flame ratings? I'll give it a three three out of five. All right. Eric? Um, <laughs> Eric's like, can I get flames back? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give it like... Uh, a one and three quarter flame. All right, all right. Sub Zero's ice is starting to uh to to drown out your flames. <laughs> got it, got it. Uh, Brian, have you seen any uh any of this Mortal Kombatness? 
No, and I honestly am not excited to. <laughs> like, I, I, I watched... What the, about our uh, Google recommendation? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Media Meltdown actually did a... Um, they do the Cinema 420 on Tuesdays on Twitch where they play old movie or not old movies, but, you know, movies from the last 30 or 40 years, whatever, that are pop culture reference. Anyway, they did the Mortal Kombat from, like, the 95, I think, and I was like... Oh my God, I'd forgotten about how bad it was, but yet there were parts where I enjoyed it. So, so I, I kind of feel like that's enough for me. I don't know that I need to, uh, <laughs> to see the updated, but I was never like Mortal Kombat was never my thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, if it's on, on a plane, which is very possible that it will be, uh, and it's an option for to pass the time. That's about, I think the, uh, the chance that I'll see it. Well, that is Mortal Kombat. It's currently streaming on HBO Max uh, and may still be in a theater near you if uh, the theaters are open and you are venturing out to see movies in the cinema. All right. Before we get into our final segment, our one-ups for the week, the things that are giving us life, life, life. I just want to give another quick shout out to thank you, the listeners, for supporting us by listening to our show, downloading it. And uh, telling friends, if you have, you can also give us uh, a rating and a review. We love five stars. Those are the best. And you can rate and review us on all of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. That way other people can find out about us. You can also check out our website at flameonshow.com where you can find all of our links, including where to see us, listen to us, uh, engage with us, write to us, do all of that. Uh, our link tree link is there as well. Our threadless shop has a link there as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flame on show where you can join at any of the current four levels and uh, coming very soon in the next week or so from when this episode launches, you will see our brand new 10th anniversary Patreon exclusive content tiers. We're going to have those up and running and you'll be able to join up for those tiers starting with uh next month june 1st which is the 10th anniversary of flame on and we will be doing a live stream saturday june 5th we are going to be releasing the date uh, <laughs> that is the date i'm not releasing it i have already released it we'll be releasing the time for that live stream uh coming very soon check our social media platforms for that information and you'll get to see our faces uh live and in real time if you watch us live as well as some past faces and voices of flame on that you know and love uh coming together for a flame on house party where you can uh hear us chat and reminisce about 10 years of flame on so go check us out on our website flameonshow.com our patreon patreon.com forward slash flame on show and join us on the 5th of june for the 10th anniversary flame on house party live stream that's the sound of flames that's that that's that little flame that Liu kang had in his hand um what i want to know is how did i'm gonna go back to this real quick just because i want to throw this out there why did shang sung always have echo on his voice like who did not turn off the um the reverb on his microphone when he did his adr <laughs> and uh where was katana um, I would like to know that. Just, just saying. Her that. fans were her fans were in the movie. Yes, they were. I saw that. I was like, "Oh, Easter egg! I found an Easter egg." <laughs> <laughs> well, it is time for us to talk about our one-ups. So we are going to talk about the things that are giving us life. Eric, why don't you start us off? What is your one-up this month? 
So it's a new show on HBO Max uh, called Hacks, which stars uh, Gene Smart as an aging comedian uh, who has a residency in Las Vegas. And um, she takes on a young uh, 20-something comedy writer to help write jokes for her to revitalize her career. Um, Most people my age ish range and older would know her best from her role in designing women yes. uh, where she played Charlene. Uh, but more recently in the past uh, couple years, she's been on Fargo and um, also most recently in the Watchmen uh, TV series. Um, you forgot one in between is. that Brian also watched and enjoyed very much Legion. Oh, she was amazing in Legion. Yep. That's not listed on the Wikipedia for her. So. <laughs> fix it. Somebody fix it. Get in there and edit that, that wiki page. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the younger writer, her, her is played by an actress named Hannah Einbinder. Um, I'm not familiar with her and she does not have a Wikipedia page. Um, so she's probably pretty new. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. It's Gene smart plays a very acerbic character. Um, and thus far in the first two episodes that are out, um, it's more life lessons for the younger writer as she had kind of been blacklisted from, um, the television writing circles and isn't unable, unable to find a job. So it's kind of a last ditch effort for her to be writing jokes for um, this character. And um, Gene Smart's character, Deborah Vance has been, had this residency so long in Las Vegas that the casino owner wants to cut back her days to bring in more younger acts to appeal to the younger audience. So she's kind of fighting to keep her place. And so it's two characters coming together who will have to learn something from each other. Um, oh. but it's just really well acted. It's funny. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the show keeping going. Sweet. That's Hacks on HBO Max. BJ, what is your one-up? Um, uh, my one-up is the final season of Castlevania dropped this past Thursday. And I started watching it on my lunch break at work and proceeded to watch the entire thing um, any chance I could get between that time and dinner. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I watched it at dinner um, and I, I finished, I finished, I got home, I'm walking upstairs watching it, I take my dog outside to, so she can use the bathroom, I'm sitting outside watching it, and then I sat down on my computer to do homework, and I was still playing on my phone as I'm doing my homework. Uh, it was phenomenal. I got, uh, all, I will, I, to not, I won't spoil anything, but I will just say that, like, it was very satisfying some of the characters actually don't go where you think they would, um, which was great. It was a nice little, it was a nice little subversion on one or two characters. Um, 
and some of the most amazing fight scenes I think I've ever seen animated. They went full throttle on this on this season to kind of give you everything. Um, uh, and I, I will go ahead and say that um, uh, Saifa uh, Ang Hu, Cora what? Avatar who? Um, Saifa, <laughs> Saifa, yeah, Saifa is the true avatar. Uh, for those of you out there, um, I am a Saifa simp forever. Um, but yeah, it is absolutely. There, there were moments that made me laugh. There were moments that made me that I quite literally weeped at a couple of moments. Um, but it's absolutely fantastic, and I can't suggest it enough. Uh, I'm a little, I'm sad that it's over, but they ended up. I don't think they really could have squeezed another season. If they'd done another season, I feel like they'd either have to restart with a different story or um, uh, dragging out what they currently had wouldn't have worked. So, uh, you know, this was a short and sweet series, four seasons, uh, five out of five flames. I can't, uh, I can't suggest it enough for everybody. Sweet. Castlevania now streaming its final season on Netflix. Brian, what's your one up? So, there is a show on Netflix right now that a lot of people probably wouldn't necessarily hear of. So, um, I you know encountered it uh, flipping through. And it's called, Why Are You Like This? Oh my <laughs> god, they made a show about what I say to myself in the mirror every morning? <laughs> oh, that's uh, sweet. I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because the show isn't... Um, <laughs> Like the why are you like this is sort of a, a a rhetorical question that a lot of people watching the show might go what why are you like this anyway uh, it's an it's an Australian comedy and um, other than Drag Race Down Under uh, which is not Australian but from you know Australia New Zealand uh, lots of queens from both countries uh, it's like one of the only shows from Australia and and, and media that I've seen in forever uh, only because of just my own you know not uh, you know bothering really but. Um, it's 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 a I guess they did like a pilot season sort of thing where they they had like a couple possible pilot comedy series back in 2018, and this got picked up uh, and actually just premiered uh, in the Australian Broadcast Com- uh, Corporation ABC uh, and at Netflix pretty much simultaneously with this whole season, and um, it's so messed up and so biting about the Gen Z kind of culture around the internet, cancel culture, woke culture. I mean, whatever, whatever that is, you know, know, however you define that it's a lot, a lot, a lot of really biting satire. It's three main characters, a uh, up and coming sort of baby drag queen uh, and uh, his two uh, really close, like female friends. And honestly, it's really more their show than his, like he's a part of it. But I think the focus is on these these two women. Uh, one is uh, East Asian uh, Muslim. The other one is sort of just a sort of white, you know, uh, Australian, you know, twenty uh, something. And each episode, you just go through these misadventures, and you see just how misguided and sometimes really. They like to take advantage of certain aspects of the culture to sort of get things that they want. 
Uh, and in some cases, they're actually trying to help and just fail spectacularly in, in the best way. Um, it's, it's a joy. Um, who's the Reese, uh, what's the drag race done under host, uh, Reese, uh, or judge forgot his last name, but yeah, we'll call him Reese he Witherspoon shows up. for now. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon. He shows up, uh, <laughs> in a, in a relatively small role, but that's uh, honestly the only, uh, I think person I recognize, um, uh, from, you know, from that, from that area. Uh, but yeah, it's great. Why are you like this? Uh, I, I, I really, really, really want more seasons of this. Uh, There's like office culture moments that are kind of appropriately hilarious and and cringy. Uh, Queer, queer elements, lots of queer elements. Uh, Again, one of the characters is fabulously queer, but they don't just do the stupid, like obvious storyline with him. They actually do something kind of that you don't see as much kind of following his depression and sort of what that looks like. And yeah. I, I love it. Great show. I put it in the same category as like a search party, uh, maybe girls, um, kind of in that sort of contemporary sort of Gen Z-ish, Gen Y, whatever culture uh, about terrible people <laughs> just muddling through uh, through life. Uh, so uh, why are you like this? I don't know, Brian. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's an open question for BJ. For sure. That's... That's what I ask myself every day. Uh, all right. So why are you like this? You said that's on Netflix right now? Correct. All right. So mine, before I get to my actual one, I'm just do a quick little shout out. Hey, the Kyoko found my friend's new single out. I uh, Anytime I can talk about or promote Lesbian Jesus now, I try my best to do so. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very powerful song, but with a, a little dance beat to it. Music video, she shot it, directed it herself, as she's done with most of her videos um, for the last at least uh, half dozen, uh, if not more, if not all of them. Uh, I, haven't, I, I don't have the fact in front of me right now, but I think she's done a lot of her own directing for her music videos. Um, and those of you out there might know how much I love Haley Kiyoko, so go check out her new single. But what I want to uh, say is giving me life. I am excited about it. Um, I started, I've only gotten two episodes in. I think there's two more. Oh, actually. Uh, and then one other quick thing I did give, I think this was my one up last month, uh, but I'm going to give it another shout out because if you have not watched it um, and you do watch uh, things like Grey's Anatomy and uh, you know the hour long drama, network dramas, if you are of that uh, late 30s, mid, you know, to mid 40s age range, and even if not, if you uh, enjoy kind of the, that dramedy type of network show, go watch A Million Little Things. Um, it is just nailing it every single fucking episode. If I do not walk away from an episode, um having bawled my eyes out at least <laughs> once i i haven't actually watched the episode because it seems like the way they're tackling real world events in such a way that it feels organic it feels like i'm a part of it it feels like it's echoing real life where none of the main leads are uh queer however there is a young uh queer character who's uh, coming to terms with being gay and in uh, high school, um, this character is dealing with infertility and adoption and uh, uh, surrogacy and 
all of this. It it stems back to themes from 9-11 through, um, through today. And this current season has tackled COVID in a way that has been interesting because I've always kind of been in the mindset as we've lived through it that I don't want to see real life in my media right now because we're living it. We're dealing with it. It's very much the visceral reaction I had to AH, AHS cult um, because we're still living through that. And it just was too much for like my brain to process fiction from reality when that line was blurred. So like so much, um, but they are dealing with the pandemic. We're a year plus into it. They're just at that point of like that March, April, like lockdowns um, because they're in Boston and tackling those types of things. They've done it in such a way that it really reflects without kind of hammering it down and making it this big monster. Um, And they're dealing with, grooming culture they're dealing with gaslighting in certain uh in, in other things like so like all these different things that each of the characters it's amazing how many different threads are of like major things are involved there's substance abuse there's all this stuff but they this last episode dealt with um coming out or the from the last one i saw i think there's one new one that i haven't seen but it dealt with um coming out to everybody in like people in school and a character's father came in and it was kind of like that old like boomer like oh don't say stuff like these things because he's gonna be you know belittle him and do all this and it it led to an extremely moving and touching conversation of how they can understand and like things that have impacted their lives that made it it like led into the speech about how like you should come out because it's letting the people that you care about know who you are and and being able to finally be free about that. And I'm just legit just standing in my my kitchen sobbing like a baby through this whole like this whole thing. And then um, he ends up coming out to some classmates on Zoom and he says the date. And I'm like, oh, that's you know, like I get it. Like, you know, you're kind of like you're marking this date. What I didn't realize was what that set up for the next scene where it's Rome and Regina and a kid that they have taken in because the mom was deported because she um, was an undocumented immigrant, even though she had been living here for years and all of this. And then um, his quote unquote, like girlfriend couldn't come over because she sent him a video. And the date is of when the video of George Floyd um, being killed was when that, like the real world date of that and, I went from being a sobbing mess to composing myself and then just losing it again into that because it just so well-crafted, so well-written. If you have not watched the show, go watch it. It is unbelievable how well, well this show is made. So go check it out. A million little things on ABC. Final thing, my actual one up for this month. Legendary is back on HBO max. Oh, <laughs> They have moved to the West Coast. They have redone the set. Um, it still keeps the same vibe as season one, where I still don't understand how you're judging people by watching the back of them through half of their performance because the judges are on the side. I love how it looks for the cameras to be at the end, but you could still do it in such a way that the judges would be at the end of that runway and they'd be able to see more, but whatever. Um, they figured out a way to 
make it feel more like it should be without an audience because when they finally got to film the finale for season one, um, after the COVID restrictions were put in place, it felt awkward because there was such a large gap from where the crowd should be. Uh, this time around, they have bumped up the lights and the the LEDs and all that to make it feel like it's supposed to be that way and like that it's done that way. The, they they worked it out to make it feel right and proper, not that like it's missing something. Um, the the host and the MC, I keep forgetting his name, but he is amazing. I fucking love his voice. I love hearing him sit there and. And uh, talk about no Sade. Uh, and I keep thinking Sade is going to come out and start s- singing Smooth Operator to me. But whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, Laomi is back. Law is back. Jamila is back. Megan is back. No guest judges this time. Uh, Ten new houses. They pulled the RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6. Split their big opening into two episodes. Sent a house home in each of the first two episodes. And it it's just fantastic. Um the the one house that did a little homage to the Wiz with uh, the you know the color is gold. It just oh so some great performances, some real duds, which is kind of amazing. Second season in for such a popular show that some of these houses came in and just did not bring it. They did not bring it to the ball, and they went home. So uh, it is back. I think, like I said, as of this recording, there's five episodes currently out four or five episodes i'm two in and i'm going to be watching the rest at some point this weekend getting myself caught up i think they come out every sunday night on hbo hbo max um so go check it out and be legendary so with that being said we've reached the end of this episode we want to thank you once again for listening thank you for supporting us uh we're this is the last episode before we record our live stream for our 10th anniversary so it is now official to say thank you for 10 years of Flame On as we round out the end of year nine um, and just being here, listening to us, supporting us. And uh, really, we wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't be doing this if y'all were not out there listening uh, because we could just sit on a Skype call and talk to each other for a little while and, uh, and not have to go and edit and put it up and do all of that. But because y'all are out there listening... Uh, we keep on doing this and, and enjoy each other's company and recording these episodes for you. Um, Brian, would you like to address the listening audience as the founder and the only one of us sitting on this cast right now that has been here since day one uh, for for what the show has uh, has meant and, and as we close out year nine? The Elder Speaks. <laughs> the Elder, not even millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's where we just say the geriatric. We just oh, leave off the millennial. Oh. The <laughs> millennial. I think Flame On has given me, for the last 10 years, a really interesting reason to bring people together, um, to put things out in there into the world. Uh, in many ways, it is such a lovely joy. It is always, if you ever doubt or think, oh, I shouldn't message any of us. I shouldn't reach out. They're probably really busy. Please just throw that thought away. Because one of the best joys and most rewarding things is to hear from someone who listens and find out that they 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 enjoy it, that they, they agree or disagree, whatever it is. But just knowing that there are people out there who are enjoying this and have been enjoying this for, for most of that time. Like, like I... 
think that is such a special treat, but also just being able to sit here with my friends throughout the last 10 years uh, and they've come and gone, uh, you know, having this time to talk about geeky, gay geeky culture was always the reason. I mean, when I put this show together in 2011, it was specifically just to have that space to talk with queer comic book fans and, and pop culture fans. And we had no idea that the world would transform uh, over this past decade into basically we were in the niche community. And now I think we are like everywhere. It's, it's, it's queer merchandise and target and Marvel superheroes and DC superheroes on movie TV screens. And just, it's, it's a bizarre, like great reality in some ways uh, and darkest reality in other ways. But I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate all of the members of flame on over the past 10 years. And most of all, I appreciate Pat because I do not believe this show would, I, I know this show would not still exist if it were not for his perseverance, his, his insane amount of, attention to detail time and commitment uh through many many life changes and 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 journeys and 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 everything if if pat did not uh jump in and join the fray this show would have died a long time ago uh and so i appreciate uh, uh uh pat of all of all of our members i appreciate all but uh certainly pat the most because uh yes he is he is flame on uh for 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 all so uh Thanks for listening, though. Ten years—that's uh, a decade I'll never get back. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's 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 really I really I'm sincerely uh, I'm I really am glad this is a life work, and I'm glad that you guys are all here to share it. Well, I have the perfect Aww. way to end this episode, but before I say the final words of this episode, why don't we all say goodbye? Bye, y'all. Oh, goodbye. Bye, furries. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. We're queer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.